Welcome to the show. This is Wellness Talk. I am George Batista, your host and your wellness advocate. Wellness Talk, as always, is a show that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, supplements. We take the mystery out of health. We take the mystery out of supplements, and we give you some tools and tips so you can use to live a healthier life. And hopefully, you know, those tools and tips are good for you. But if they're not, you can always pass it along to friends and family. And by the way, make sure you like, share, and subscribe because that's what helps this show grow. GeorgeBatista.com is, as always, the resource that has all the articles and it's growing day by day with some really, really great articles. So make sure you check it out. And if you go to the bottom of GeorgeBatista.com, by the way, you can watch the replay of this show. And you, you could see me if you want to see the video portion of it, or you can just listen to the audio portion, which is also on there at the top as well. So it's pretty much everything you need uh, on that website. Glad you guys could be with me this week, and I hope you guys had a great week. So this week, we're going to be diving into thyroid. And thyroid is a big issue, right? Thyroid is one of those really big issues and I really want to talk about it because I've glanced over it in previous podcasts, but I haven't really gotten deep into it. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about it on this show. So what first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of just go over the issues when it comes to thyroid. We're going to talk about what are the common thyroid problems, what are the uh, the issues and the symptoms of you know whether it's grave disease or hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's and those types of things. So we'll kind of kind of glance over that. And what may be the causes of thyroid problems? Because you don't hear of that a lot, right? Mainstream medicine really doesn't go over that stuff. So we're going to talk about that as well. Then uh, from Wellness Resources, I'm going to talk about thyroid and energy. Okay. So this is a, a, the uh, article is called Low Energy Detect Thyroid Related Fatigue. And this article is going to be um, very interesting because it's actually going to show you what the difference is between just regular fatigue or if it's actually a thyroid issue. Some people don't know, right? So we're going to go over the common symptoms, but how would you know if it's actually a thyroid issue when you have to go see your doctor versus if it's just fatigue or maybe you're just, you know, stressed, that type of thing. So it's going to be very interesting article, I think, um, but it's going to be very helpful for those of you who are not sure. Then. We're going to talk about new studies and new science on uh, magnesium and thyroid health. And this is uh, by Dr. Isabella Wentz, who's a thyroid doctor. And, um, I, you know, a lot of people don't know that magnesium and thyroid are tied together. So we're going to go over it on this um, article. And we're going to talk about what happens when you don't have enough magnesium in your system and what happens to your thyroid, and then when you introduce enough magnesium, and what happens, right? So we'll go over the studies on that, because it's it's new science on it, new studies on it, so it's definitely good information for you, and you guys know that I love magnesium. It's one of the best things you should be taking, making sure you're getting enough of daily, right? Then we're going to talk about the solutions, or some of the solutions for thyroid health anyway, and again, from Wellness Resources, nutritional tips for thyroid health. So we're going to go over each of the nutritional tips that you can use to make sure your, your thyroid is nourished properly. Okay. Very, very important. And then uh, after that, we're going to talk about, again, from Wellness Resources, four natural ways to boost energy. Okay. So again, going back to the energy piece, and, and this show is going to be, you know, some about thyroid, but also some about energy, because again, one of the biggest symptoms for thyroid issues is having an energy problem, right? 
So we're going to show you not only how to help to nourish your thyroid, but also boost your energy. So uh, that's going to be very important. And then finally, the uh, nutrient spotlight for the week is going to be on wellness resources, adrenal helper. And um, that's going to be a very, very important one because adrenal helper is very, very good for if you're dealing with stress, fatigue, and also if you're dealing with thyroid issues, right? So um, sometimes a thyroid and adrenal stress go hand in hand. So we're going to talk about what's in it and um, why you should be taking it if you think you're dealing with not only adrenal stress, but just thyroid issues or um, you, and actually, it's a great companion to some of the other thyroid supplements that Wellness Resources has. So we've got a lot of information to get into today. So let's get started talking about uh, thyroid. So first of all, I like to give you guys the numbers, of course, uh, when it comes to thyroid. So let's go over this really quickly. Um, about 20 million Americans have hypothyroidism. Okay, so about 10 to 40 percent have suboptimal thyroid function. And the thyroid, one of the things that the thyroid is also at the mercy of is cortisol. Now, keep in mind that cortisol is made by your adrenal glands, right? So your adrenal, your adrenal glands make all these uh, hormones like corticosteroid type things and anti-inflammatory hormones and cortisol and stuff like that. So one of the things you have to realize is that there is this kind of push and pull when it comes to your adrenals, when they're, you know, let's say when you're stressed and you've got high cortisol, that does affect your thyroid. Now, what are some of the thyroid um, illnesses or the you know, thyroid issues that are out there? Okay, the, the most common ones, you have Graves' disease, right? Now, Graves' disease is an immune system disorder that results in the overproduction of thyroid hormones or hyper. It's considered like the fast one. They call it the fast one, basically, right? But it's the hyper thyroidism. Okay. So hyper means fast. Okay. So, and, um, so, you know, Graves disease is the most common form of hyperthyroid. Okay. Um, what are some of the symptoms of Graves disease? Well, you have anxiety and irritability, you have heat sensitivity, weight loss, you know, maybe dramatic weight loss, change, changes in, um, uh, menstrual cycles, erectile dysfunction, frequent bowel movements, uh, maybe bulging eyes. You may have seen a lot of commercials for those types of things and also rapid or irregular heartbeat. Those are just some of the symptoms. Okay. But about 30% of people who have Graves disease have, you know, have a lot of these symptoms. Okay. Again, with bulging eyes, it seems to affect the eyes a lot, especially. So you ends up getting like light sensitivity, double vision, vision loss, uh, puffy or retracted eyelids, you know, that type of thing. Okay. Then, uh, the other, the other side of it is we have Hashimoto's disease. Now Hashimoto's is a condition which your high, your immune system attacks your thyroid. Now, uh, Hashimoto's is the most common cause of hypothyroidism. Okay. So that's the slow one. So remember you have Graves disease or hyper, which is the fast thyroid. And then we have, um, Hashimoto's or hypo, which is the slow, uh, hyper. Um, thyroid condition. Okay. So this is where, um, this is also known by the way, as chronic lymph, uh, lymphocytic thyroiditis, and it typically leads to an underactive thyroid gland. Okay. Now, what are the symptoms of Hashimoto? So again, you have fatigued and sluggishness. You may have constipation. You may be dealing with brittle nails, hair loss. You may be dealing with muscle aches, joint pain, muscle weakness, uh, memory lapses, depression, 
weight, you know, lots of weight gain. I think the the biggest ones are fatigue and weight gain. Those tend to be a lot of the biggest ones, especially uh, gaining weight in the neck area as well. That's a big one as well. And um, so, you know, puffiness in the face is another thing. So those are some of the common symptoms of the hypo. Okay. Now, the the one of the things is because again mainstream medical when they look at it the first thing they want to do is they want to suppress the symptoms right they want to give you a pill or you know that type of thing but they're not really looking at the cause of it okay and if you you know according to the mayo clinic and this is actually from the mayo clinic doctors don't know what causes your immune system to attack your thyroid gland okay again around 97% of people who have hypo which is the slower underactive thyroid have Hashimoto's. Again, it's an autoimmune uh, disease or auto, autoimmune problem where your thyroid gland is being attacked by your immune system. But again, they don't know why, right? So let's talk a little bit about the thyroid itself and the job of the thyroid, what it does, okay? So again, I'm going to glance over it pretty quickly. I'm not going to go too deep into it because it can get very technical, but the thyroid gland produces uh, different hormones, T1, T2, T3, T4. So we'll talk about T3 and T4. Those generally are the uh, most common ones, right? So um, T3 and T4, are, again, are produced by your thyroid gland. And what T3 and T4 are is basically it's tyrosine, which is amino acid surrounded by uh, molecules of iodine. So T4 is four molecules of iodine, and then T3 is three molecules of iodine. Now, um, what thyroid hormones do, what the thyroid does, basically, it regulates your metabolism and body weight by controlling the burning of fat for energy and heat, okay? So basically, think about it as regulating your basal metabolism, okay? Your basal metabolic rate, okay? And thyroid hormones are obviously, are obviously um, required for growth, especially when you're young, you know, growth and development in children, okay? So, it's very, very important. And, and thyroid also affects pretty much every cell in your body. Again, with growth, metabolism, all that affects everything, right? So if you think about thyroid and how it governs your metabolism, it's not the energy when you're running around. Okay. So for example, it governs your, ba it governs your basic metabolic rate. So when you're sitting in a chair, let's say you're watching TV or you're sitting at your computer and you're doing just basic tasks, that basic energy is your is your thyroid governing? Is that's what your thyroid governs? Okay, think about it as your car's idling speed when it's just on and just sitting there. Okay, now when you get if you get up and you run across the room or you're running and doing your daily tasks every single day, you know that type of thing. That's not thyroid. That's mostly governed by adrenaline. Okay, uh, your adrenal hormones again, those types of things. So you kind of have to know the difference between the two. So, all right. So now also another thing that, uh, especially, uh, pregnant women have to think about thyroid hormones involved in the production of prolactin. Now prolactin is a hormone that is responsible for milk production. Okay. So that's another thing you have to be, you know, women have to really think about now thyroid or thyroid hormone also interacts with other hormones like insulin, cortisol, sex hormones like uh, estrogen, uh, progesterone, and testosterone. There's, there's a whole overlap between thyroid hormone and those hormones as well, okay? Now, about 90% of the hormones produced by your thyroid is in the form of T4. We talked about T4. That is mostly 
the inactive form of thyroid, okay? So what happens ideally and what's supposed to happen is when T4 is produced by your thyroid gland, okay, it travels throughout your body and it's actually, um, it actually travels with a binding uh, protein called thyroid binding uh, globulin, okay? And it travels through there. And then what happens when it gets to the liver, it gets converted to T3. So what ends up happening is if you have enough selenium in your body, especially in your liver, one of those molecules of uh, iodine gets stripped off and then it becomes T3. And T3 becomes the active form of thyroid hormone, okay? And then that is what gets you know, taken up by your body and actually starts to govern your metabolism and that type of thing. Now, so this is, this is one of the issues where, um, if you don't have proper conversion, okay, that's not going to happen very well. Right. So it's not just an issue. Thyroid is not just an issue of having an underactive thyroid gland itself. It also can be an issue of lack of conversion. Let's say you have a liver problem. Let's say you don't have enough selenium, okay? Zinc is also part of this whole process too. Let's say you don't have enough zinc. All this type of stuff is involved in the conversion from T4 to T3. If that doesn't happen, then yeah, you're going to start experiencing symptoms, okay? Now, how is this tested? Well, obviously you go to the doctor, uh, the endocrinologist or whatever they test in, they're, they're testing what's called TSH, which is called thyroid stimulating hormone, Okay. And basically how it works is if the, TH, if, the, if the TSH is high, that indicates that you may have an underactive thyroid, okay? Especially if the TSH is high and the T4 and T3 are low. So that's basically saying that the, that the, the uh, thyroid hormone is not producing enough of the thyroid or, uh, or the thyroid gland, excuse me, is not um, producing enough of the thyroid hormone, Okay. Now, if you have a low TSH, okay, that may indicate a hyperthyroidism or an overactive thyroid, especially if the T4 and the T3 are high. So you have to kind of look at it as kind of a scale, low and high, that type of thing, okay? But that's kind of how it's done. Now, doctors typically test the TSH, okay, to see if it's low or high. They'll test your T4 and T3 and kind of go from there. And, you know, again, looking at the lab test, they may not ask how you're feeling. They may or may not, but again, it all depends on the doctor that you're dealing with. Okay. But that's typically what happens when, with, with, uh, when it comes to thyroid hormones and stuff like that. Now, what can affect the thyroid? Okay. And this is a big one, right? Think about it. You know, you may get, you may have Hashimoto's where, again, the autoimmune uh, part of it, where, the thyroid or the the thyroid gland gets attacked by the immune system. Why does that happen? And this is, I think, where mainstream medical stops, right? Because they don't, they don't ask this question. They, they don't know why it happens. (laughs) So what are some of the causes of hyperthyroid basically? Okay. So some of the big ones that, you know, most functional medicine doctors and naturopaths and that type of thing are seeing are nutritional deficiencies, right? If you don't have enough nutrition, you don't, to run not only your thyroid gland, but also to make sure that you have enough things to make sure this whole system is working properly, it's not going to work, right? Uh, heavy metal exposure. Heavy metal exposure is huge, and it can actually play a big part in your thyroid gland not working. Adrenal stress. Remember, we talked about cortisol. The higher the cortisol, that affects your thyroid. It actually can bring down your thyroid 
um, your thyroid hormone, and it can actually make your thyroid gland not work properly, okay? Because that's a huge stressor on the body, okay? Enzyme deficiencies, that's another one. Chronic illness, chronic infections, things like that. All different types of processed food, processed additives, right? Um, you know, obviously, terrible lifestyle, eating terribly, all these types of things. All this can play a role and can affect your thyroid. High heavy metals is huge. If you're not if you're not detoxing properly, and let's say you you've got you know high lead, high mercury, those types of things, all those play a role in de, uh, in depressing thyroid and making sure your thyroid doesn't work properly. So these are some some things you have to think of. Now, typically, what doctors will do, or the mainstream doctors will do, they will if they detect the thyroid problem, they will put you uh, they will they will put a, a patient on a synthroid, which is a, a synthetic form of thyroid hormone or levothyroxine is also called that as well. But that typically tends to, uh, it's called T4. There's another word for it is T4. But again, if you're having a conversion problem and you're taking T4, you can take T4 all day and it may not work because you're still not converting the T4 to T3. So these are just things you want to think about in general. So uh, obviously those of you who are on Synthroid, um, you know, if you're, if you're not feeling right, or you're, you're not sure about the medication, you always talk to your doctor and make sure you talk to your doctor and make sure that obviously it's adjusted properly and make sure that you're, you're working closely with them. Or if you want to change it because it's just not working properly, again, you have to work with your doctor to make sure they may change your medication or, or that type of thing. Okay. But again, these are just some things to think about. Now, next, we're going to talk about low energy and thyroid and how can you detect if your symptoms of lower energy are thyroid related or are they just, um, you know, lower energy for whatever reason. Okay. This is by wellness resources. Now, again, keeping in mind that, you know, keeping in the back of your mind that thyroid hormone has a major impact on all the energy systems. Okay. So how can you tell the difference? So let's talk a little bit about it. Okay. So, um, one of the things you may notice if you have a thyroid issue is that you may also notice that you have too much reliance on stimulants. Okay. Such as caffeine, sugar, cigarettes, and all this type of thing. So it's an ongoing issue. Okay. So obviously if you're tired one day, because maybe you didn't sleep the night before, or you went through stressful time the, the night before, or whatever the case may be, you know, sometimes your body can snap back and not have an issue. Okay. And then a day or so later, you, your energy may come back and you're fine. But if it's an ongoing issue and you find yourself starting to be attached more to stimulants, again, like caffeine and sugar and those types of things, that's, that's one thing to take a look at. Now, thyroid-related fatigue starts to show up when you cannot sustain energy long enough. Okay, that's, that's where you have to kind of really think about it, especially when compared to past levels of fitness, right? You could be one of the most fit people in the world, okay, but you could still have... Um, you can still be tired. You can still have thyroid-related fatigue, okay? So now if the thyroid foundation is weak, sustaining energy output is going to be very, very difficult. So you'll notice you just don't have, you just don't seem to have the energy that you've had in the past to do things that you were able to do. And one of those things, by the way, might be working out, right? So another thing to think about, especially for women, is pregnancy, okay? Because Pregnancy is a major test of the thyroid, right? Because thyroid now is called to is called upon to do 
the the job of of you know the the metabolic job for two bodies, not just one, right? So now it's you're not only dealing with the mom, but the thyroid uh, hormone also has to deal with the child as well. Okay, so this is why thyroid issues often flare up during pregnancy or following pregnancy. Something you got to think about. Now, one of the key symptoms of thyroid fatigue is a heavy or tired head. Okay, so especially in the afternoon. So thyroid hormone uh, activity is related, is, is regulated differently in the brain than anywhere else in the body. And by the way, even though thyroid mostly, the T4 to T3 is mostly converted in the liver, it can also be converted in the kidneys. It could also be converted in the, in the digestive tract. And also the brain cells can actually convert thyroid hormone as well. A lot of people don't know that, but it mostly happens in the liver. Now, again, what if you have a liver problem, if you have a kidney problem? if you're not um, assimilating your nutrients properly in the digestive tract, right? All these things can play a role in not converting. Again, things you have to think about. Now, when it comes to a heavy head, like what we were talking about, the head may feel sluggish or tired. It may lack clarity or sharpness, okay? Um, when this head tiredness occurs too many hours during the day, then you start to feel like you want to sleep all the time. Uh, you, you may have a feeling of the pre, you know, depression, um, which are these are kind of starting to be advanced signs of thyroid-related fatigue. Now, another key sign of thyroid-related fatigue is conking out in, as soon as you sit in the chair. I know a lot of people that do that, by the way. <laughs> but, um, you know, especially if you don't have something to do, right? So in this case, it feels like your your your, your uh, head, your, or your body, your, you just, your idling is too slow and you're just kind of stalling. Okay. So again, you sit down and you just conk out right away. If this starts to happen a lot on a regular basis, this is something you got to look at right now. You either do, or you don't have thyroid related fatigue. Okay. This is, and again, this is from the article here. If you wake up energized, maintain, uh, you know, decent energy throughout the day, you're able to maintain mental alertness or sharpness, have energy uh, as needed to meet the demands of the day, and your muscles also feel fit, then you probably do not have thyroid-related fatigue. But this is just some things to think about when it comes to that, because again, you're if you're not sure, if you're, if you're feeling all of these types of symptoms, you want to make sure that you go to your doctor and you make sure you want to get a test because again, and by the way, there are people that feel these symptoms and they go get a test and their tests are normal, but they're still feeling thyroid related symptoms. Okay. And, or, you know, you know, you, we've, they've seen both, right. Or it's people who have a low thyroid, but don't have, don't have fatigue problems. Okay. So you can see both. Um, I know doctors and I've spoken to many doctors who've seen both scenarios. So again, there's, you know, and there's a, there is the thing called subclinical hypothyroidism as well. But uh, just something to think about when it comes to energy and thyroid. Uh, keep that in your mind, okay? All right. Next, we're going to talk about magnesium and thyroid-related problems. Now, this is new science. Again, this is from Dr. Isabella Wentz. And um, again, a lot of people don't know that magnesium and thyroid can are, are tied together. Now, I'm not going to go you know, tremendously into magnesium because I've talked about magnesium a lot on this program, but we all know that it's a fourth month, a fourth most abundant mineral in the human body, be, you know, behind calcium and, and potassium, okay, and sodium. 
And um, it's responsible for over 400 enzyme reactions in the body deals, you know, it deals with not only, you know, bones, it deals with uh, steadying your heartbeat, deals with nerves, it de deals with, uh, you know, healthy immune system, all different types of things. But it also deals with, by the way, energy. It's actually one of the keys that are responsible for mitochondria and ATP production. Keep that in mind. Now, there was a study here done, okay? And um, this was a study, and what they did was, re, uh, and I'll, I'll quote straight from the study, they showed that magnesium deficiency can have a direct impact on thyroid function. Now, this was from uh, out of Australia, and Australian researchers Roy and Helga Monseo have been working with people with autoimmune thyroid disease since 2007. In their uh, initial interventions, they noticed that thyroid uh, patients had low selenium and began to address this with supplementation, which is, makes sense because selenium is involved, you know, in this process, especially with the conversion process that we talked about, right? But, um, you know, what they found was that supplementing with the selenium many times did not lead to good results. So when they continued to look deeper into this type of thing, they found that magnesium deficiency correlated to many of the thyroid symptoms. So they reported that physical and psychological stress led to the depletion of magnesium, which we've talked about. And obviously, um, this is needed for iodine utilization by the thyroid gland. Important, right? So in one study, 11 patients with an elevated TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone, okay, received the magnesium citrate for six weeks. Every patient had a drop in TSH. The average drop was five points, resulting in an average TSH of 2.67 milliliters. The highest drop was from a TSH of 21 milliliters to four milliliters. Think about that, 21 to four. Now, in addition to magnesium citrate, these clinicians use selenium and coenzyme Q10 with their patients, as well as manage their psychological stress and their physical stress as well. Now, patients reported feeling better and having more energy as well as sleeping better, less anxiety, less constipation after starting magnesium supplementation. Fantastic stuff. Now, they cautioned that not everyone's thyroid tissue will normalize, obviously, but uh, and that at least eight months of supplementation with magnesium is needed to see improvement of the thyroid gland. So this is huge because again, thyroid is involved with every, you know, every cell in the body, but so is pretty much magnesium. Magnesium is involved again with three with 400 enzyme reactions in the body. It pretty much reacts with everything. So obviously thyroid and magnesium are going to cross, right? There's going to be an overlap between them. But this is huge because, again, we we know that the majority of the population are so magnesium deficient, and um, if they can get enough magnesium in, that's less of an issue that they may be dealing with when it comes to thyroid. It can reduce the symptoms of you know maybe having hypothyroidism if they have enough magnesium. So it's something to think about. I you know I thought this was fantastic. Again, this is new science on this, but this is. This is great. Now, I would have used magnesium glycinate. I've talked about magnesium glycinate on this show. It is uh, probably my favorite form of magnesium. They use magnesium citrate, and I think magnesium glycinate would have been even better absorbed and maybe would have had even better results. But again, that's just my opinion. 
obviously I'm not a doctor or scientist. I'm not doing any tests on this, but just knowing how magnesium uh, glycinate is absorbed, I would think that it would probably work better on this. But again, this is just me. So good science on magnesium and thyroid, something to think about. Those of you who feel you may be magnesium deficient, check out, um, I'm sorry, you know, and, and have thyroid problems, making sure uh, you're getting enough magnesium in your diet. Very, very important. All right, next from Wellness Resources, nutritional tips for thyroid health. So this is now where we get to the portion where we start talking about solutions, right? Magnesium was one solution. So we'll talk about some of the other solutions. Um, so how do we nourish the thyroid to make sure we're giving ourselves the most optimal levels of nutrition and try to put the odds in our favor to make sure that our, our everything's working when it comes to thyroid, okay? So let's talk about the uh, nutritional things that are needed for thyroid to work properly. So I'm just kind of going to go through them pretty quickly. Vitamin A. Vitamin A is extremely important. Why? Vitamin A helps iodine uh, work within the thyroid for normal metabolism. It is necessary for iodine absorption. Okay. Inadequate vitamin A combined with inadequate iodine causes the pituitary gland in the brain to increase TSH. We all know, right? An increased TSH can, can, um, start showing symptoms or signs of hypothyroidism. Okay. So vitamin A helps to regulate thyroid signals and provides essential antioxidant support because vitamin A is an antioxidant. So vitamin A, very, very important. Next, B vitamins. Now, obviously B, B vitamins we know are critical. Okay. But this critical activity requires several nutrients, but especially vitamins B6, B12, and folate. Okay. And also Keep in mind that the um, they're also involved in methylation. You have to have good methylation in order to absorb the B vitamins and to make sure that this process of your whole methylation cycle is working properly. And by the way, I will probably do a show on methylation for those of you who may, you know, have a genetic SNP or a genetic, uh, you know, uh, polymorphism or anything like that. So I'll talk about that at a later show. But again, B vitamins are crucial for all this process. Iodine. Okay. We know T4 and T3, there's molecules of iodine involved. So you have to have enough iodine in there. Four molecules of iodine are attached to the amino acid tyrosine. Okay. So very, very important. Now, things like, okay, the consumption of chlorinated water, um, brominated flowers, soda, sports drinks, vegetable oils, all this type of stuff can impede iodine absorption, right? Especially if you have a leaky gut, Okay. Again, that can affect your iodine absorption, therefore affect your thyroid function because you're not getting enough iodine to make sure you produce that is produced with the thyroid hormone. Okay. It all goes together. If you think, think about it, when it goes from TRH to TSH all the way down this whole chain, if there's a problem anywhere in this chain, this is where you can start to get symptoms. So again, iodine is extremely involved in this whole process. Next iron. Iron is a trace mineral, obviously, okay, but it's required for the production of thyroid hormone. Lack of iron blocks the enzyme thyroid peroxidase, which impairs thi uh, thyroid hormone production. Got to have iron in there, okay? So making sure that your, your, you know, your iron, um, your iron levels are adequate. Vegans and vegetarians also have to make sure that you take a look at that as well, because those are folks that 
are at a higher risk for having less iron, you know, unless you're eating an abundance of greens. Greens give you a lot of iron too, obviously. So making sure that if you are a vegan or vegetarian, I always recommend eating tons of greens to get, make sure if you're not eating meat, if you get to, you know, to get that iron, you know, and make sure it's absorbed properly. Next, protein. Adequate protein is needed for general energy production and quality calories, which is essential for thyroid gland function. And again, tyrosine is at the middle of that thyroid hormone, right? So tyrosine is a protein. And by the way, if you're not absorbing protein properly, that's going to affect what? Your skin, your nails, okay? All these things, right? Your skin, hair, nails, all this stuff, uh, especially your hair and, uh, and your nails, are going to be, um, there's going to be an issue with them when it comes to not absorbing protein properly. This is where you, and this is where people with hypothyroidism start to get problems with brittle, you know, brittle hair and problems with the nails and those types of things. So protein is added, you know, very, very important, making sure you're getting enough protein. I always recommend protein in the morning to get your metabolism started right. Okay. Protein, very important. Selenium is the next one. We talked a little bit about it. Selenium is involved in the conversion from T4 to T3, okay? Strips off that molecule of iodine and make sure T3 is working properly in your, in your body. So selenium is important. Um, many foods, uh, you know, contain selenium, but selenium works together with the master antioxidant glutathione as well, okay? So, and this helps to not only, not only help with the conversion, but it also helps to protect your thyroid from free radicals, right? Oxidation and oxidative stress. Okay. So, and it also, by the way, protects your thyroid from too much iodine as well. So keep in mind that's, that's important. Zinc. Zinc is necessary for thyroid production as well. Okay. And for the conversion of T4 to T3. So it's make sure to make sure you're having enough zinc in your diet. And by the way, it's essential for the thyroglobulin. Again, it's that protein that carries the T4 and T3. It's essential to make sure that that is working properly and getting to your tissues properly. Zinc is involved in that process, right? So these are the things that you want to take a look at, making sure you're getting enough of, making sure you're eating the proper diet, making sure you're supplementing properly. Wellness Resources has fantastic supplements that contain all these in the proper amounts. So make sure you take a look at their supplements when it comes to this, because they formulated, they've been working with you know, people with thyroid conditions for over 35 years. So they know how to deal with these types of things. This is exactly why they formulated many of the supplements that they have to deal with specifically, uh, or make sure you're supporting your thyroid and, and neutrifying your thyroid and your whole system. So check them out when it comes to, you know, supporting your thyroid because they are on the forefront of that. Okay. All right. Next, we're going to talk about energy. And four natural ways to boost energy. And again, this is by Wellness Resources. So now we've gone from thyroid and nourishing the thyroid. Now we're going to talk about energy in general. Thyroid is obviously going to be part of this whole process, but we're going to have a few other things as well, okay? Now, obviously, caffeine, sugar, and other stimulants may help you in the short term if you're dragging throughout the day, okay? But again, you don't want to try, you don't want to rely on this, right? Because I know a lot of people who drink three or four cups of coffee a day and that just gets them through the day, but it's not really what you want because it's just masking the problem. If you're having, um, tiredness, or if you're having lots of fatigue. Okay. So 
you want to try to address the underlying cause of fatigue. Now, so number one, we're going to obviously, again, you want to support your thyroid. We talked about how to do that, how to neutrify the thyroid, make sure you have everything you need, because that's going to be the, one of the main things to, you know, so I'm, I'm just going to mention that really quick. We just talked about it, so I won't go crazy over it. But again, thyroid is number one, making sure you're doing everything we talked about. Okay. Number two, using the coenzyme B vitamins. Again, B vitamins are essential for energy production, metabolism of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. They are easily depleted by stress, caffeine, and daily activity, especially if you're working out, you're sweating a lot, high stress, high cortisol. So making sure you're constantly replenishing those B vitamins every single day, key, key, very, very key. Because again, you lose those, you lose them in sweat, you lose them in urine, you lose them all different ways. So replenishing them is very, very important. The coenzyme form of B vitamins is the best. So make sure you're checking your supplements, making sure uh, B12, we always recommend um, methylcobalamin as the form or adenosylcobalamin. Those are the main forms of B vitamins. Those are the activated forms of B vitamins that we recommend. Wellness Resources has those, has always been using those. But if you're using other, other supplements, check those out. Um, I would not use cyanocobalamin because it's a cheap form of B12 and it's not really re readily absorbed. And it actually requires energy to detoxify that. By the way, um, that cyanocobalamin, the reason why it's called cyanocobalamin is because it's a molecule of cyanide is actually activated when you take it in. Now, it's not enough cyanide to kill you, by the way, just so you know that. Don't panic. But it does require detoxification, which actually can, you know, can it, it, that, can take away from your mitochondria. You don't want that, right? You want your body working efficiently. So using the activated form of B vitamins, again, methylcobalamin, adenosylcobalamin, those are the best ones. Next, boost your adrenals. Your adrenal glands are involved in the fight or flight response. Again, they make all these hormones, right? Oh, the cortical steroids, right? They make cortisol, they make adrenaline, they make all these things. They sit on top of your kidneys. Very, very important, okay? Problems with the adrenals can happen when they are forced to work overtime, okay? For a period of time, you will feel like an energizer, energizer bunny, but sooner or later, your energy reserves will run out, okay? And again, this is characterized by fatigue, um, feeling stress, lack of fitness, no energy, those types of things. You know, you may even experience drops in blood sugar, instability, dizziness, you know, uh, all that type of stuff, okay? So you have to make sure your adrenals are nourished. And we're going to talk about that in a second when I talk about our nutrient spotlight. Okay. So again, certain nutri uh, certain nutrients, including magnesium, pantothene, vitamin C, and adaptogenic herbs are fantastic for nourishing your adrenal glands. If you have fatigue, uh, adrenal fatigue, and by the way, again, hypothyroidism and adrenal fatigue tend to work together a lot of times. So you address them both you're, you know, you're on your way to hopefully feeling better. Okay. And then next, nourish your powerhouses. What's your powerhouses? Your mitochondria. We've talked about mitochondria on the show many, many times. The uh, mitochondria are your cell engines. They're what's what they, they're what make ATP. Okay. And that's basically how your body turns food into energy. Okay. So now you can improve your energy metabolism, you know, and the number of mitochondria you have with different things. Exercise is number one, okay? Muscle growth, 
Okay, that's important. Nutrition can also help nourish the health of your mitochondria even um, as much as you know muscle growth and exercise. Okay, and then some of the best nutrients and antioxidants for mitochondria health are PQQ, coenzyme Q10, resveratrol, grapeseed extract, curcumin, lipoic acid and acetyl L-carnitine. So those are the top choices for nourishing your mitochondria and then just kind of nourishing, you know, your your body's energy systems as a whole, hopefully making you feel better. So again, okay, you can use all these things together, but you know, check out wellness resources supplements because they have all these. That is my go-to place, so check those out. So just some tips on how to, you know, help your energy, making sure you, you know, you have enough energy to not only nourish your thyroid, but nourish your, your mitochondria and everything else. So it's kind of an all-in-one type of thing, but very, very important. Okay. And finally, we're going to talk about the, our nutrient spotlight for the week is going to be on wellness resources, adrenal helper. Okay. And Adrenal Helper is a fantastic supplement, and um, it supports healthy adrenal function, obviously, helps your body adapt to the demands of stress and boost energy and vitality, okay? It's a hormone-free blend of adaptogenic herbs, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you what's in it. Um, it has cordyceps, okay? Historically has been These have historically been used to increase energy and enhance stamina. It also supports the immune system, kidney and liver health, uh, uh, cholesterol metabolism, and prostate health. It also has rhodiola. Rhodiola is beneficial for strengthening the nervous system and improving energy. Researchers show that uh, rhodiola improves exercise endurance, exercise recovery, and cognitive function. It also has gamma orosinol. Now, this assists in the production of beta endorphins in the hypothalamus gland. Um, it helps with that feeling that you get from the runner's high, right? People get that when, they, when they're running. Helps stressed nerves calm down and better, you know, helps you better deal with, you know, when you're in a stressful situation and also kind of helps to keep your composure, right? Also is in it holy basil, holy basil, <laughs> It's a, a calming yet non-drowsy herb that can help you maintain composure under stress. And then it also has Eleuthero. Okay, and I don't know if I'm saying this right because I've never been able to pronounce it correctly, but it's E-L-E-U-T-H-E-R-O. And it's an extract, and it's been shown to assist in long-term energy, vitality, and stamina. So all these things kind of work together synergistically to help you deal with stress, help with energy, and help nourish your adrenal glands as well. By the way, another thing for adrenal glands, by the way, vitamin C and B vitamins. Those are also very good for adrenal health. So again, you know, check out Adrenal Helper, one of the best supplements from Wellness Resources to deal with adrenal health, stress, and also, um, you know, energy. Okay. So uh, check it out. Again, my vitamin resource com if you want to take check, take a look at all of these supplements. So that's what we have on tap for you. Thanks again for uh, checking us out this week. I uh, hope you guys have a great week. Make sure you take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, make sure you take control of your health. Bye-bye now.